Hey, it's your host, Rob Kohansky. Welcome to Local First Podcast, where I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to tell their inspiring stories about them and about their business so you can learn more about them. Just a reminder, this podcast is made possible by Home Solutions Realty. I'd really appreciate it if you would forward the podcast by sharing, subscribing on iTunes, and leaving reviews and recommendations for future guests and topics. I want to hear from you. Now let's get to the show. Okay, on this episode of Local First Podcast, we have Ben Uphoff of Thrive It Financial. Welcome, Ben. How are you doing today? Doing really good. It's uh, another hot day, but I'm enjoying it. It's summer in Milwaukee. So let's go ahead and get started. Give us a little bit of a background, backstory, and uh, let people get to know who you are. Yeah, so like you said, my name is Ben Uphoff. I work with Thrive It Financial as a financial associate. So what I do mainly is um, I help do financial strategies with individuals, families, small businesses, things like that, and help them really develop a plan. But more about me, I guess I am not native to Milwaukee. I'm new to the area, about one year anniversary this month of being in Milwaukee. So I don't know if I can still call myself new or not, but I'll continue to until I really know the city. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I moved here from Omaha, Nebraska, where I um, was working for Duluth Trading Company, but that's not where I'm from. Kind of Traveled all around the Midwest. Uh, grew up in Laverne, Minnesota, which for most people, they don't know where that's at. It's no. closer to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay. Which know, also I, is an obscure place for a lot yeah. of people. But I know where that is. I've been through there before. Yeah. So Sioux Falls is the biggest area close to us, but the southwest corner of Minnesota is where I grew up and um, went to my undergraduate school at the University of Wisconsin, La Crosse, and kind of fell in love with Wisconsin during my um, four or five years that I spent in La Crosse. I uh, knew that at one point I was going to want to come back to Wisconsin because I love the culture, I love the area. Very similar to Minnesota. Very similar. So uh, Packers or Vikings? I'm a Vikings fan. Uh, so we I, won't, I won't hold it against you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I get that too much, but there are plenty of Minnesota fans over here. I've, I see that, especially a lot of them from the lacrosse area. Yeah. I've seen that quite a bit. That's it's that border, the yeah. Mississippi River border there. So yeah, I that's where I originally fell in love with um, Wisconsin and just uh, life events led me over to Milwaukee. Very cool, very cool. So you work for Thrive It Financial. So why, why uh, financial advisor? Why did you want to help people with their finances? Kind of multiple stories, uh, but mainly I started when I was young. I was really influenced by my grandmother to start saving at a young age. She was a Thrivent member. And so was my grandfather, um, kind of introduced me to that whole thing. When I was 14, 15 years old, I saw the benefits of, you know, just saving a little bit every single month and taking advantage of living at home and knowing that I don't have any expenses. So I just, whatever I made, I socked away. You are, you are far and few between. (laughs) It's true. There are not a lot of young people that do that, but I, between taking some risky investments when I was um, later on in my teenage years, I was able to put away enough money and um, make enough money that I paid for probably 95% of college by the time I graduated. That's awesome. Yeah. So just working through college and investing and things like that, that's what really had me. And I didn't realize that it was something I was legitimately interested in as a career. I didn't think of it as a career path. There were other things that I thought I wanted to do. And, um, 
eventually my fiance, she just said, you know, you're really interested in this, in the investment side, the planning side. Why don't you, why don't you take a second and think about if you want to do that for a career? So I reached out to my friend of mine who worked for Thrivent and he'd been kind of mentoring me anyways and kind of pushing me towards this career. And I just said, okay, tell me more about it. And I decided it was the right career path for me at the right time in my life and came out here. That's awesome. I, that's a really cool story. So along that journey of, of becoming, uh, working over at Thriving, what has been some of your biggest challenges and what, how did you overcome them? I'd say the biggest challenge for me in Milwaukee or just being in a new state. So uh, most of my family's from Minnesota along the South Dakota border and everything. Um, so starting out as a financial advisor, you really take advantage of having those family connections and they're they're able to be some of your first customers. Um, but being new to Milwaukee, not having a family, I've got college friends out here, um, which has been really nice. But that's a hard stepping stone is to get those initial clients, get that trust, build build a little bit of credibility in the community. And that's probably the biggest challenge that I've ran into is just having that community presence of people knowing like, oh, who is this person? Who is this you know, younger guy who's trying to be a financial planner in this area? So I'd say just, that was the biggest thing. Got to go out and get to know people. And one of the really cool things that I, that I love about you, Ben, is that there's no pressure. Um, I, I believe that you really do a good job on that in, in educating people and the willingness to do that. And I think that'll go a really long way. I've come across too many financial planners or advisors where not so good situations or not so good experiences. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. I make it a huge effort because... I know the way I'd want to be treated in a situation like that, or if anything, no one likes to be pushed to do anything. So I think, you know, as long as you talk with somebody, you'll figure out if you're the right fit to be working with them. If you could go back in your time machine and start over, what advice would you give yourself? One thing I would say is trust your gut more. Don't know if my younger self would listen to me, (laughs) but uh, I trust your gut more and don't worry so much about the small things. I feel like I spent too much time in my college years and my beginning career years right after college worrying about trying to control things. Can't control time. You can't control when things are going to happen. Try to make things move along faster. It's going to happen when it's going to happen. So just being able to relax and enjoy the moment when you're actually going through life and doing these things. Because it's fun when you look back at it. Maybe it's stressful at the time, but if you can just step back and see the big picture, you can enjoy it while you're doing it. Oh, no doubt. That is so true. As a financial planner at Thrivent, what are three to five things that you do to help people? Um, I believe that what we're talking about today is getting started in, in um, financial planning. So we'll give, them, give me like three to, five, three, three to five things that people need to know to get started so when they come to you, they, they have a better idea. Yeah. First thing they should know is just kind of, typically people call it a budget. I like to call it a spending plan because a budget really just is shows like this is how much I want to spend on different things. But having a spending plan of showing like, okay, this is where actually my money is going is probably the first step. So we sit down and we talk with them and, you know, figure out, okay, how much are you making? How much are you spending? Uh, What are your goals in life? What are these different things that you want to do? And being able to being able to see that bigger picture of your whole entire lifestyle and your goals that you're going to do is probably the first thing you have to um, accept and sit down and do and take that time to really understand. So that'd be the first thing that we do. And most people, they're not thinking about it because, you know, 
a lot of the people that I work with are in that starting out range, maybe like 27 to 35. Uh, they've got their career that they want and they've got a family, they've got whatever is going on, the life that they're living. So they're not thinking about, oh, 40 years down the road when I retire and how much am I going to be making or how much do I actually want? They are like, okay, yeah, I got a 401k that I'm my company matches at this percent and I'm just putting away that much. So being able to actually ask the right questions and um, get answers in a way that you know the customer or the client actually is learning in that process and understands like, okay, this is what, this is what I need to do. So if I can do that in the first, in the first meeting, in the first step, I've already added value to them. Uh, the second thing I do is just kind of go through a few things uh, in the sense of where should we get started. And with young families, I always recommend just starting a Roth IRA, putting away, you know, 50 to hundred dollars a month, automatic investment plan, just put it away. You won't see it going away, but you'll be saving and it will be growing. It's a really big, really big win for you at the end of the year when you see like, oh, wow, I put away that much and it grew this much. Or, you know, it's when you're young, you can take take riskier measures in the stock market so that, you know, if there is a bad year, it doesn't matter because you're putting that money away for retirement. You're not using it as your emergency fund or your day to day living expenses. I guess that's that's two things. Uh, I guess one of the last things just initial meetings and everything. Really, it's about getting to know the person, getting to know who they are, what they want, and trying to understand if we, it would be beneficial for us to work together. Do they want a plan? I think that's a, that's a big question for a lot of people. Do they want to sit down? Do they want to meet quarterly and you know discuss what their finances look like? I lay out the benefits to them. A lot of people are... Finances are kind of taboo to talk about. How much do you make, right? No one wants to ask that question. With the financial advisor, um, financial planner, whatever you're working with, wealth manager, they all we all go by different names in some way. You, you're that person. You're another person who you can talk to about that. So that you're not just in your head worrying about your budget, about your retirement. You go to somebody and you're able to talk to them and figure out, is this going to work for me? Or what do I need to do to get to this point? So if we can accomplish those three things by the end of that meeting, you know, we're really going to know what each other, what the other person wants and see how we can work together going forward. Why do you think people are scared to talk about money, especially their own finances? Uh, I think most people are scared because they are worried they haven't been doing the right thing. Worried that, you know, maybe they have a bad habit or something that they didn't realize like, oh, maybe their housing's too expensive. Maybe they're too big of a foodie and they've been eating out way too much and that they just don't have enough. They're where most of the time what I get is people ask, well, how much should I have when I retire? And that's a super loaded question because everybody lives at a different amount of income. So whether you're making 40 grand or 240 grand, that question is going to be very different. So it's, we really have to figure out what are your goals in life. And if you start out younger, not only is that time span a lot longer for you to, you know, accumulate those assets, but as you get, for the most part, as you get older, you tend to make more money. So you can kind of plan, plan that out and show like, okay, so by this point in your life, you want to be making 20% more than now. And then another 20% at this point, if we can kind of map that out, it also gives people those goals of like, okay, I'm working with this person. Now I have this goal, like, you know, 10 years from now, I should be making 
20 grand more or whatever, whatever you want to do. It's up to that person. That's why it's so important to get to know what they actually want. And they do. And a lot of times it's just trying to figure out where you're at right now. Exactly. And sometimes that's a scary sight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. A lot of people don't even look. It's like, ah, it comes in, it goes out. It comes in, it goes out. I think a lot of people, it's funny. A lot of people get embarrassed. Like mm-hmm. I've met with a lot of, you know, early 50 year old people who are in that beginning phase of thinking about retirement. Cause you know, it's 10, 12 years down the road and they're like, okay, I should really be thinking about it. And maybe they haven't done a whole lot to deal with their finances and they're embarrassed that like, Oh, they haven't gone and talked to anybody. And that's why they don't want to discuss it. Like you asked, like, why are people afraid to talk about it? They're just, I think it's a little bit of embarrassment of thinking they're not doing the right thing. And we're all embarrassed about, you know, messing up and doing the wrong thing in front of people. So that's another reason why having that relationship with a financial advisor is great because you shouldn't, there should no, there shouldn't be any amount of embarrassment because this is your confidant in this um, lifestyle that you're choosing. And what I'm hearing is that you're not judging people for where they're at or what they're doing right now. No. You're there to help them. Exactly. Everybody's different. Everybody, you know, especially in this, in this area, we've got Milwaukee and all the surrounding suburbs. And then we've got, you know, the rural areas around us. 60 grand looks a whole lot different in every single zip code around there. So there is no embarrassment of like how much you're making. It do, it can vary all across the board. If you are living a good life at whatever you're doing and if you're happy and we're meeting your goals, then that's good. That's right. what we want. Keep it simple. Yep. Keep it simple. That's what my wife tells me. <laughs> Go back in time when you thought, wow, I'm making a difference. Tell me a story. It could be in life or along the way or in business. It could be anything. So I would say one of the biggest things that drew me into this job was because I wanted to make a difference. I saw that having someone who actually wanted to sit down and talk to you and learn about what you're doing and kind of guide you on the way. Cause there's so many life experiences that you, that come your way that you don't really think about. And then when they usually, usually it's too late and you're like, Oh no, I gotta go do this. I gotta get this done. And I have no idea how to do it. So being able to, help people in that sense has been one of the biggest things where I've been most happy with my career. People always ask me, what's the favorite part about your job? My favorite part of the job is actually sitting down and working with clients, like talking to them and working through things with them. So not a single story, I would say it would just be from the beginning of this career and being able to volunteer different organizations, be part of the community a lot more and working with individual clients one-on-one and showing them different things on how they can handle situations in their life better. And it doesn't have to be just about finances. We really talk about all things because everything unfortunately ties back to money. So you really have to, I like being the person who's able to, you know, pull a card out of my back pocket for if someone needs a lawyer for some sort of plan or if someone needs an insurance person for this, that helping people every day doing that, I think it, an individual level that I think can really help build the community in the long run. Now, when I first met you, I've already was already been part of the thriving family um, through my life insurance and so is my wife. And you told me about a program that I didn't even know about, about giving back. Yeah. What thriving does. Could you talk a little bit about more about that? Cause I know I'm going to, I'm reaching out to you over the next couple of weeks to start getting that rolling. Yeah, definitely. So thriving does a really cool thing. Um, they're called action teams. And if you are a member in the Thrivent 
world. Um, you can apply twice a year and get a $250 gift card to do a charitable action of whatever you want to do. So last Christmas, one of the things that my fiance and I did was we applied for a action team and we reached out to the children's hospital of Milwaukee and we bought Christmas presents for them and we had friends bring Christmas presents and we had that as our little action team. So we went and dropped off Christmas presents a few days before the holiday. Um, and it was just, it gives you a really nice boost. It gives you something you can do just to get out there and, you know, help the community because everybody, especially during the holidays, you want to do it, but all year long, if you're given that opportunity, Oh, I can just use $250 from something and create, create an action that's really going to help our community. That's, it's awesome. And I'm going to do another one um, later on this summer. I'm planning to do a charitable basketball game where everybody puts money in for their charity and the winner is going to take all the money and donate it to their charity and everything. But it's going to be an action team where I rent a space out with the money that I'm given so that I can, you know, there is no cost to the event, but there's going to be um, donations taken for those different charities. And I think it, I think it's just a fun way to give back. It is. It is. I can't wait to get started with that, Sierra. And I, for several years, know, have never known about that until I met you. So this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about other financial planners versus what Ben does. Ben takes the time that gets to know you and learns about what you like to do or what your um, things that you want to do. All right. So let's get to know you a little bit more. What are some of your day-to-day practices that contribute to your success or, and or happiness? Well, I, I do know that when I do have day-to-day continual habits, that leads to happiness. But <laughs> life throws you curveballs. If you've ever been to Milwaukee in the summertime, which I'm sure you have, uh, there's all sorts of activities going on. So not every day is the same. So Uh, I wish I could say I got up at 5 a.m. every morning, did 100 push-ups and ran five miles, but I don't. But those are the days when I feel the best, when I can get up, you know, early enough in the morning and I can go for a swim or I can go for a run, um, enjoy the outdoors, and then get back to my place, shower, get to work. Uh, Those are the most energizing day-to-day habits, I would say, that I have. When I, for actual business day-to-day habits that I practice is I like to use a old fashioned post-it note, write a to-do list. And I steal the term from Mark Twain, but eat the frog and try to do the hardest task of the day first, you know, because I feel like I'm most productive at the beginning of the day um, when I get to work. And then as the day slowly goes on, I get less and less productive, especially after lunch when you want to take that nap after you've eaten. I'm right there with you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So... But those, I would say the to-do list and just actually committing to getting up and working out. I feel so much better when I'm able to like spend some time on myself in the morning before work. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Eat that frog, be yep. done with it, get those hardest tasks out of the way. The rest of the day goes by so much easier and you feel like you accomplished something. Mm-hmm. Just right. hopefully there's not too many frogs that day. So yeah. you can at least get or them spread them out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is there any particular book or quote or resource that has guided you through this that you'd like to share? You know, there's been a lot of books that I love to read. It's probably one of my favorite hobbies to do is to read. And more and more as I've joined this career, I've read a lot of business books. But my favorite book of all time has always been, it's not business, but to me, it's super motivating. It's called Born to Run um, by Christopher McDougall. So he's a sports columnist contributor for Outside Magazine. And even if you're not into running, it's a super fun historical adventure 
book about athletics, about uh, native tribe down in Mexico. It's just super interesting, quirky characters. And I probably gifted it half a dozen times to friends. And that book, whenever I need kind of a boost of, okay, I need to, you know, have a little bit of motivation, I'll read that. And even people who don't want to run usually end up reading about halfway through and they're like, I actually want to get out and run because this is so much fun. Like, <laughs> So even if you don't want to run, I recommend reading the book just because it's a really fun story. Very cool. So if you could give someone advice that's getting started in your field, what would you, what nuggets would you give them? I would say pump the brakes. Don't try to go out full bore right away. Uh, one of the things that I realized right away was that you know, networking is a big thing and you got to get to know people. You got to be part of the community. But if you are working eight to five and then going and networking five to 10, uh, you're going to burn yourself out and you're not going to actually get to know people. You're going to be just tired. You're not going to remember things. You're not going to make those true connections. So I right away started purposely only scheduling a couple nights a week that I would go and do certain networking events. And then I would leave those other times where it would just be you know, me at home with my fiance and we would spend time together. And I think being able to, for anyone, I think when you're in a career, you really have to have that balance of knowing I need some time with it's just me and my family or me and my friends and not always stressing about, I need to do this for work. I need to do that for work. It's important to take a step back and um, realize that sometimes taking time off will actually be more beneficial in the long run. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. What's the one thing that's got you most fired up about the future? I just moved offices, so I'm going to be in Elm Grove right now is my office with a group of guys under Vantage Financial is their name, uh, affiliated with Thrivent Financial. Really pumped up about that. They're heading in the direction that I want to do financial planning with individuals. I just they're a great group of guys. We all have the same similar um, view on things enough that, you know, we can challenge each other and have different ideas. But at the same time, we all want what's best for the clients. And I really, up until moving to this office, I didn't really have a laid out plan of what I wanted to do. But once I got to this office, I really saw like, I've got a career path ahead of me and I'm really excited about what I'm doing. Very cool. Very cool. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, Ben, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, Some of the best ways is my email. Obviously, it's just ben.upoff at thrivent.com. Otherwise, LinkedIn, just look me up, send me a message. Uh, I always say to people, you know, if you just have a question, you don't have to become a client. If you just have a question, I like helping people. I think it's really fun to be able to answer a question. I've done a lot of certifications, a lot of licensing, a lot of schooling. I've got a lot of knowledge on these things. So I love to be able to actually use it and tell people things that are going to be good for them. So feel free to reach out to me and ask me any sort of question that you want and I'll uh, try to be as helpful as I can. All right. Now, Ben, we get to have a little bit more fun before we get to the rapid fire questions that were not on the FAQ. <laughs> you get to ask me one question about anything that you'd like. What? What's your favorite part of doing a podcast and why did you start doing podcasts? Okay. For the why I did the podcast, I'll have you go to local first podcast about, and I did an entire podcast 
on why I started this podcast. Perfect. So that's on there. If you want to know about that, uh, just go there to the about page and you can listen to it. It's a really fun story about me sitting on the, the stoop with my brother and having a beer about 15 years ago and how this all became Local First Podcast. And what was it? What was part two, part one? Part one, what's your favorite part about Oh, podcasts? my favorite part is meeting and, and talking with other individuals. Uh, today's my third podcast, a recording, and each time I learn something new. Um, not only about the the field or service or industry that the person's in, but I learned something about that person. So each time I come in here, I'm building relationships with people as well as learning about their businesses, their services, and their products. So, I mean, I went from eating disorders, from voice coaching to financial planning. So I, I, <laughs> that, that, that's my day. You know, at least that's my Wednesday. Yeah. And, you know, so I get to learn so much. And I think that that's, for me, it's incredible because, you know, after going through this and it's just going to get more and more and more. And then through the recordings on iTunes and stuff like that, I'm going to have a library of people and resources, not only for myself, but for the listeners out there that will have that resource. So if they're looking for a financial planner, they're looking for a voice coach, or they're looking for X, Y, and Z, it's going to be out there. So that's all part of that. And one other thing that I did with the relaunch of Local First Podcast is that I want to expand to other communities. So I want to be able to reach out to folks around the country to be able to be on the show and, and inspire other podcasters and use the brand of Local First Podcasting to interview people in their area and do the same thing. Yeah, great answer. I, that's, I would say that's one of my favorite things too is just meeting people and getting to know other people's stories. It's, it's very underrated and underutilized is to get to know somebody and hear everybody's got some crazy background or some weird way they ended up doing something. And it's so fun to hear those things. It, it really is. And it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, this, you know, this is one of the best things I get to do. I mean, real estate's fine. I like it. I love it. Um, but this is so much more fun. You know, that's great. I, I, I think it's awesome <laughs> that you made this like decision to do this. It's really Thank fun. You. Thank you. All right, so now I get to pick on you a little bit here with some rapid-fire questions. Uh, we're going to have some fun with this, so I'm just going to fire away. And there is no right or wrong answers, <laughs> just is whatever you think of off the top of your head. Let's see here. Let's use this one. What topic would you speak about if you're given a TED Talk about something outside of your main area of expertise? Something to do with sustainability. I'm a big environmental advocate, so if I could do a TED Talk, I would definitely do it geared around something in sustainability, especially sustainability in the United States. I love it. That's a good one. I like that one. What do you believe is true, even though you can't prove it? Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> I'm there with you there, brother. Yeah. Right there. All right, you're doing good. Let's see here. Uh, what is something you believe that other people think is insane? Ooh, I, because I'm an environmentalist, I believe that natural things like trees and plants and all that are living, breathing organisms that have their own feelings and are part of the ecosystem and whatnot. So when I've said that to people, they kind of give me the weird look like, oh, you think they can actually be hurt or that they have feelings? And I, I think they do just based off of science. It might not be the same sorts of feelings that we have, but I think that they have their own, their own communication, their own nervous system, things like that. So I think I've gotten a lot of weird looks when I've made that comment. 
<laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you a story is that uh, something I found out over the last year or two is that um, um, instead of being buried into the ground, they'll uh, put you in a, a urn or something like that and you, you plant a tree with your ashes and you become part of that tree. Cool. So my goal is is that regardless whether I die first or my wife dies first, all we just get one of us gets cremated, then the other one gets cremated, and then we both go into that tree together. So we live together for another hundred years or so. She's kind of creeped out about that, but that's the plan. I don't think that's creepy at all. I think <laughs> I that's love really it. cool. That's I love great. It. I mean, just think of like all the forests like that. I could have my own forest of family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's wrap this up. Any requests for my audience and any last parting words? Any requests? I would say don't wait. Just do it. Make a plan. Uh, you know, financial planning might not sound exciting to you, but it's just something that you have to do. So don't wait. Do it yourself. Make a spending plan. Figure out how much you got to save. Talk to somebody. Talk with people. What was the second part of that? Any last parting words? Any last parting words? Uh, kind of my my little moniker that I like to say with my um, business is like an easy way to remember things is spend half, save double, and give triple. So what I mean by the give triple is give more time to either volunteering, give more time to yourself, or give more time to your family. But if you can follow those three principles, you'll probably live a pretty happy life and have a good retirement and have enough money to you know, do the things that you want to do. That's good advice, Ben. Thank you so much for being on Local First Podcast. Thank you much and have a great day. Thank you.